Bryce Harper stops the insanity and embarrassing Oscars. Michael Cohen's a very bad boy. And no, Bob Kraft is not selling the Patriots. Let's talk about it on a brand new air attack starting right now. Yeah, we're on to March. Spring training, college basketball tournaments, and snow. There's snow in a lot of the country right now. If you know anything, I mean, if you've lived here for any length of time, I live in New Jersey, you know you've got to get till about St. Patrick's Day before you're even close to out of the woods. So it's, it's you know, listen, a lot of people say, what does winter end on March 21st? Well, now you know why. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, rough week. I mean, really, the guy from Prodigy Drops Dead, which, let's face it, he wrote songs about heroin. So, yeah. Um, King Kong Bundy, again, kind of the same thought process. WWF, he weighed about a quarter ton. Not hard to see coming. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound callous, but come on, people. But then Luke Perry, Luke Perry, Dylan McKay himself, my God, 52 years old. And he was, I didn't realize he was on that show Riverdale, which is a wildly popular show. Uh, not my thing. I, I don't really quite know what it's about. But um, if you look on Twitter, you follow me on Twitter, by the way, at BC, a.k.a. The Man, um, People talk about it every... I mean, whatever it's on, people just go crazy over what happened. So I didn't realize he was on that show. So he was still working, still still doing really well. So that's a real shame. I mean, I watched... And I'm not afraid to admit it. I watched Nato 2 growing up. You know, a lot of guys will say they didn't, but trust me, they did. That in Melrose Place. And I know they switched him at one point, but there was a time when they were on... I think it was Wednesday nights. They were on back-to-back. And I remember, you know, in college, my first year at college, and I went to a small school in Pennsylvania before I transferred to Penn State two years later. But there are guys, oh, I don't watch that shit. Let me tell you something. The night on Merrow's place, when Kimberly comes back from the dead, supposedly, at the end, I went, whoa, you know, everything, you know, just uh, it took me by surprise. The entire floor of my dorm, and it's all guys. You heard this roar across, like, whoa, all these guys who supposedly don't watch the show, though, right? Got it. No problem, guys. <laughs> nice try. Um, another fast food feast at the White House, this time North Dakota State, who got there by request. They saw Clemson. Um, uh, granted, North Dakota State's the 1AA team, but they said, hey, listen, we're national champions. We'd love to come to the White House and eat fast food. This time, though, it was Big Macs, Chick-fil-A, and fries. Very streamlined. But listen, the Chick-fil-A. I said it when it happened. The Chick-fil-A not being there for Clemson was a major blunder. You see what happens here? Trump or his staff or whoever it is decides, wait a second, guys, we got this all wrong. We need to oversimplify this. Big Macs, Chick-fil-A, fries, go. Less stops, less waste. They probably did a little analysis of the fact and saw that the Burger King and the Wendy's wraps really weren't, really didn't have the traction as some of the other dishes. I told you the, the filet of fish was a blunder. Whoever had ordered filet of fish for Clemson was completely out of touch with reality. This time they got it right. Chick-fil-A, Big Mac, fries. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And if we're going to talk about Trump, we might as well talk about Michael Cohen real quick, who, by his own admission, is a very, very bad boy. Oh, my God. That guy, does that guy need a doctor or what? I mean, what happened? There's a guy who was going from calling himself the Ray Donovan of New York to all of a sudden, I'm, oh, I made a lot of mistakes and I'm going away. I'm going to the bad boy place. Did I mention how sorry I am? Because I am. I'm very sorry. I'm a bad little boy. Donald Trump's a bad big boy, but I'm a bad little boy. Oh, my God, dude. Have some, I mean, have some self-respect. And the best part is he comes in there, and this happens a lot. They have these hearings that are supposedly like these very 
you know, official events and they're very significant and whatnot. And then the people in Congress, they start arguing with each other. <laughs> they start fighting amongst themselves and they're talking about the guy like he's not even there. It's, it's like you're trying, it's like a troubled teenager in front of the, his, his extended family and they're all trying to figure out what to do with him, but they forget he's sitting right there and can hear all the shit that they're saying about him. Oh my God. I will say this. One thing that manipulators and sociopaths are very good at doing is making you feel sorry for them. That is one thing. So if you try to figure out what the guy's doing there, I mean, he looks like a completely different person. I'm pretty sure that's by design. Sorry, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't think I am. Case in point, he comes in there saying to open, just in his opening statement, he says a lot of things, basically all the stuff that you would think half the room wants to hear, okay? Put it that way. And a lot of things you've been hearing on the news, certain news programs for the last two or three years. But he comes in at the, at the, at the outset and says, hey, Donald Trump never wanted to win. He never intended to win. Then later on, he's being asked by Debbie Wasserman Schultz, of all people, hey, would Donald Trump do anything to win? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Only about an hour apart. So to me, a little tough to take seriously. What was he doing there? Well, think about it this way. He's got to have a career after prison, right? I'm, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be callous. I don't know the whole ins and outs of what they did with his money, but here's a guy living a very high-profile lifestyle, and he needs, he needs to have some kind of, some kind of you know, livelihood after jail. He's not going to be a lawyer anymore. <laughs> I almost said liar. He's not going to be a lawyer anymore. He was disbarred. So he can't do that. He had a taxi medallion business, but he fraudulently ob obtained a lot of those. So I get that he hates Trump because it wouldn't have happened you know, without Trump. But this stuff is not really Trump related. So, but he's going to go with the anti-Trump thing and, and probably parlay it into a TV career on you know, the usual suspects. We know, we know what channels want him. That's fine. That's, that's what he wants to do. That's, that's how the game is played these days. What, what he, what's he supposed to do? Just starve? We'll see if his wife stays with him and everything else. But he's got a kid that just got out of college, another kid that's on his, on his way to college. This is what the guy's doing. I'm sure there will be a book in there somewhere. There's, there's no question about it. But this is what the guy's doing. He wants to have a career. If, if Mark Furman can have a career on TV, then so can Michael Cohen. That's just I, Now, I might not agree with either one of those two things being the case, but I don't get to make those decisions. So for those of you wondering what he was doing there, that's what he was doing there. He's getting, he's getting his name out there. In 36 months, yeah, he'll pop out, and he might get out early. I'm, I'm, I'm always confused about how the federal system works because I thought that you didn't get time off for good behavior. But apparently, like in Anthony Weiner's case, you do. So I'm not really sure. Anyway, he's off to jail in a couple of months, and um, where again, he's very sorry. He'll tell you how sorry he is. Kind of sticking with that theme, I'm sure Robert Kraft is sorry. Like, not Michael Cohen sorry. I'm sure he's sorry. More embarrassed than anything else. Um... Obviously, he's caught in a sting operation, I guess. The Jupiter, Florida Police Department um, somehow got a camera into a massage parlor, caught Mr. Kraft in two compromising situations um, where he was uh, presumably enjoying himself very much. <laughs> um, he's not the only guy on that list. As a matter of fact, that list contains one name that uh, I do know. In fact, I've actually had dinner with one of the names in that list. I will obviously not say who it is, but I, yeah, I do know one of the names in that list. Wasn't sure at first, but I got confirmation yesterday that it, it was who I thought it was. But um, anyway, you know, you could look at this a lot of different ways, but this is why you want to reserve judgment a lot of times until you know what's going on, because they use the term human trafficking early on. And the hyperbole and the outrage that followed, just based on those two words, was really something. I mean, it was really interesting. Now, you could look at it a bunch of different ways. The human trafficking thing is a very real thing. If we're cutting through all the bullshit, there are always, always, Huge human trafficking investigations at every Super Bowl. 
because the Super Bowl is obviously you know a huge party. There's a convergence of people, and those some of those people are going to want hookers. Just how just all there is to it. And unfortunately, that involves oftentimes human trafficking. But people are doing everything from talking about the movie Taken to, you know, Bob Kraft's a pedophile and all these things. You don't know what happened. It turns out the girls are in there. I think the two women in the video with him or the videos were in their 40s and 50s. They were doing what they were doing voluntarily. Um, it appears this is not a human trafficking case. It might have been a human trafficking investigation. But then again, when you're looking for warrants, see, I don't know what happened here, but somehow they got a camera inside the room. Now, did they do that with the help of one of the employees or did they get a warrant and just sneak in there at night and do it? which would be tough to do for them to sneak in there at night if they really thought people were living there. Because that was the initial complaint. People thought that there was a situation where the girls were being held against their will. As more and more facts come out, this is looking like a, just a generic, a generic bust of a massage parlor. That's not an uncommon thing. It's not my thing, but it's not a very uncommon thing across the country. It just isn't. Um, is he going to do jail time? No. He's not going to get jail time. He might not get any time at all. In fact, he might not even get a conviction. He didn't even have to surrender himself to the cops. So, you know, it's amazing. This is just, you know, when people want to talk about something like it's bigger than it is, I actually heard this question posed on radio in New York. Hey, who had the worst week? Uh, Jesse Smollett, Robert Kraft, or R. Kelly? <laughs> Somebody actually asked that question. Think about that. I'm like, well, Jesse Smollett is just going to, you know, curl up in a ball somewhere, probably rehab. And I'm, like I, I said this on the last show, right? And by the way, you can get all the old shows on iTunes, Spotify, um, Spreaker, get them on also the, on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the air attack. Get all the old episodes there. Um, and, and of course on SoundCloud. But Jesse Smollett is just, he's such a nobody. I hate to say it, but this is the, this is the biggest thing he'll, he'll probably ever do. He might go to jail. He might not. The Jesse Smollett thing, because it involved the feds, might get more complicated for him. He's, of course, going with the I have a drug problem approach. It could work for him. You know, he doesn't really have a history of doing bad stuff. R. Kelly, on the other hand, you know, Michael Jackson. You know, his family just had to endure this special on HBO. These Michael Jackson stories have been out there for about a quarter century at this point. Hard to believe, but yes. These stories have been out there since I was a kid. R. Kelly, these stories have been out there for a long time as well. Talk about videos and everything else. What he was arrested for versus Bob Kraft, and you think that somehow there's a comparison? You really have to ask yourself a question? <laughs> I mean, Jesse Smollett got arrested basically for being an asshole. Robert Kraft wasn't even, I don't think he even got arrested, right? But he's charged with doing something that, you know, dirty old men do every single day. They're doing it right now somewhere in this country. They're doing it multiple places in this country. R. Kelly is looking at something that could get him raped in jail. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say the answer to that ridiculous question was, was R. Kelly. Is this some sort of psych psychological exam? Like, seriously. Is there something wrong with me for even answering that question? My God. There's something wrong with the person that asked that question. What a joke. Oh, you really went Bob Kraft. Is Bob Kraft, what, is Bob Kraft going to have to leave the country? After all, there's human trafficking. So one thing that did cross my mind, though, is that Robert Kraft and Trump are friends. And if there was human trafficking involved, Trump really couldn't be seen with the guy. You know, not for a long time, at least. I mean, there's just no way because Trump has talked about human trafficking and people have laughed at him. And then all of a sudden, oh, Robert Kraft's involved in human trafficking. Oh, my God. Is he a, is he a human trafficker? So that was kind of ridiculous. So it is what it is, guys. I, I don't think you're going to see much of that case. I think I think honestly, there's a very good chance it just goes away. It's just how it is. It's, it's not. I know people take it seriously from a legal standpoint. That particular type of situation. I, I just I, I don't see much there. Sorry. Sorry, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna put away and throw away the key for uh, for enjoying himself 
even if it was Championship Sunday. Okay, uh, more ridiculous stuff. Let's talk about the Oscars real quick, where you have no hosts, and somehow the ratings go up. Okay, then. <laughs> How does that work? How do the ratings go up with no hosts? Because there's no, like, Kevin Hart would have been on tour. He would have been on SportsCenter. He would have been on Good Morning America. He would have been on probably Fallon and, you know, on with uh, Seth Meyers and whoever, you know, whoever, just promoting the show. No hosts, and the ratings went up. Yeah, but here's the thing. Didn't the ratings kind of suck last year? So you're only up from a crappy last year rating. That's the way I look at it. Now, what's the explanation for that? Why are they up? I would say two things. Number one, Black Panther, because there was so much buzz about that movie when it was out. Um, I think it was overhyped. I haven't seen it yet. I will see it. It's on Netflix, and I I will definitely, definitely see it. Um, I think people just went crazy over the idea that there was a black superhero because, quite frankly, there's been black superheroes before. I'm pretty sure Will Smith played, and it was in a movie called Hancock. Um, Not that, that long ago, so I'm not sure... You know, again, what the you know the, the media machine was 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 talking about there, but yeah, it is what it is. It got got a lot of hype, so I think people were excited about that. Now it was nominated for best picture, right? So that is different than some of the other movies. I, I will totally grant you that. I think there was excitement about that, but honestly, what do I think it was? I got two words for you: Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga has a a just an insane cult like following that will watch her do anything. And she was up for an Oscar. She won an Oscar. And then she has this crazy moment. And I did watch this. I put this on the bottom TV. I'm not, I can't listen to the speeches, people. We, we all, it's just, it's too much already. One guy got up there on TV and talked about how women and immigrants move the world. And I'm like, wait a minute, does that apply just to the United States or the entire world? Because that would mean that sitting here in New Jersey, having been born in this state, I'm really not accomplishing much. But as soon as I get over the border into like British Columbia, then I'm like the, a mover and shaker of society. I, I can't, it's, it's stuff like that. I just can't, I start asking those kind of questions. I can't do it. But they had the moment on stage with, uh, with her and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it looked pretty intimate. I mean, but they were, they were just in a movie together, were they not? I mean, didn't they spend months and months filming together? And didn't they, didn't they film scenes like that together? So they're two performers. Yeah, she looked at him like she, you know, like she knew something that his girlfriend didn't. Yeah, sure. She gave him a look like that, and that was kind of the idea. I don't think it was meant for the girlfriend. I think it was meant for the audience. But I will, ad- I will admit that when I saw that scene, the thought did cross my mind. Like, man, she's looking at him like, wow, you really think I'm pretty, don't you? You don't really think I'm Long Island trash. You really think I'm one of the pretty girls. Oh, my God. Bradley Cooper accepts me. Yes. I, that, that did cross my mind. It, it did. Just, just for a second. Then I'm like, no, they're performing. People want to make a big deal out of it, but that's what the Oscars are about. Uh, other big stories out of the Oscars. The guy who played Aquaman wore a scrunchie on his wrist. I'm not kidding. He wore, a, he wore a pink suit and a pink scrunchie. And hey, listen, that's very, that's very feminine. He does something very effeminate. It must be the greatest thing ever. That guy, by the way, is married to Lisa Bonet. Yes, from the Cosby Show. As if they haven't had a weird enough year between the patriarch of the whole thing landing himself in jail for the foreseeable future and the guy who played Elvin, right, uh, bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. <laughs> now, here's Aquaman showing up in a pink tuxedo with a scrunchie, and that's going to be one of the headlines out of the Oscars. Fantastic. Um, Green Book wins Best Picture. Another movie I haven't seen but will, but they try to make a big controversy out of everything. First of all, it's directed by one of the Farrelly brothers, as in Dumb and Dumber and There's Something About Merit. Apparently, Peter Farrelly back in the 90s decided that Cameron Diaz would be honored to see his penis, Um, and apparently he was wrong. So she told that story, um, I guess, in the midst of the entire Me Too movement. He apologized. If you want to make a big deal about that now, you can. I mean, to me, I I can't watch these movies and worry about what every single person associated with the movie has done in their past. I'm sorry, I can't. It's just, it's just not in me. Uh, first of all, I'm shocked, to, I'm shocked to begin with that the guy behind Dumb and Dumber is filming a drama that wins Best Picture. 
That's shocking enough for me. If he showed his, if he went and showed his junk to some girl in, in the 90s, or in this case, Cameron Diaz, he probably did it to other girls too. Okay, he's a sleazebag. He's apologized for it. Hopefully, he's a different guy now. I, I can't stand guys like that. I've never been able to stand guys like that. And, you know, she's right to, to have said something. But, you know, I can't watch every single movie and worry about what I'm going to find. Like, seriously, even with House of Cards, if I had just started watching House of Cards now, I'd be watching House of Cards. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, make a sound or roll my eyes or throw my hands up in the air every time Kevin Spacey's on screen. I can't do stuff like that, guys. I just can't. That's what the movies are. The movies are like an escape from reality. The other thing, and this is next level petty. I'm sorry, but it is. The co-writer with Peter Farrelly, okay, of Green Book, is the son of the, of the guy that was played by Viggo Mortensen. And apparently this guy's a Trump fan. The writer, not, not Vigo. I don't know what his political beliefs are. If he's in Hollywood, probably not. But in this case, this co-writer is a Trump fan. And he tweeted something during the campaign along the lines of, if you remember, there's a story about Muslims in Jersey City on the rooftops, yada, yada, yada. Trump said something about it, totally exaggerated. It said it was thousands, said he saw it himself. I doubt either one of those are true. However, those stories, as a guy who lives right now, as I speak, okay, I live less than a mile from Jersey City. I would know. Those stories were out that day. And it wasn't just Jersey City. It was Patterson, yada, 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 that there were people out there celebrating. I'm not going to go back and forth about it. I'm not going to, you know, it's not worth arguing about. It was all over the news, all over the news. And there are Jersey City cops that are still on the force to this day who were on the force back then who will tell you that they saw it with their own two eyes. Multiple guys, guys who weren't working together, yada, yada, yada. Whatever the case. The guy who wrote Greenbrook said, oh, I remember seeing those stories on the news. Absolutely. And because of that, Mahershala Ali, who wins, his, wins an Oscar for himself for Best Supporting Actor, refuses to thank the guy. That's the kind of stuff that I just find to be intolerable. I, I can't do it, guys. I mean, it's like a bunch of little kids up there. So what if he said that? And Mahershala Ali, of course, is Muslim. He wasn't born Mahershala Ali. He, he was, I believe he's from California. He played college basketball at St. Mary's, and he played under a different name. That's totally fine. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was not born with that name. He was Luau Cinder, right? And we have, uh, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, obviously, was born Cassius Clay. That's totally fine. That's their right. But just because a guy mentioned something that he saw on the news back in 2001, you're just going to go ahead and not thank him for a movie he wrote that landed you an Oscar? Come on, man. My God. I mean, you could, you could have a difference of opinion with the guy, especially privately, but you're going to go publicly and just sort of snub him like that to the point where it was very passive-aggressive. He just thanked a million people without mentioning the guy. He didn't say anything bad about him, so I'll give him credit for that. But I can't get into stuff like that. That's why, I mean, honestly, I don't even care who wins because there are people talking about how Green Book has no business winning because of that. Well, wait a second. Is it about the best movie or not? <laughs> okay. I used to really care about Oscar winners back in the past. Now I'm like, okay, forget it. Because if that's going to be a factor, you know, who you happen to think has the right beliefs or who you happen to think is a good guy, well, that's really not the idea when I'm watching a movie. They even had the girl there from Oscar So White talking about, well, I hope the Academy uh, thinks about how inclusive these movies are. Oh, that's what I want to think about when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm sitting out for two hours to have fun. Give me a break. That's why I pay $250 a month for cable. That's why I have two TVs in my living room. So I can think about inclusivity. Come on. I don't care who's in the movie. Okay? I don't, I don't want anyone excluded for any kind of ridiculous reason, but I don't care who's in the movie. I care if the movie's good. Give me a fucking break. And when you do that, when you, when you talk about awards that aren't really about what the awards are supposed to be about, then why would I have an interest in watching them? Well, someone did because the ratings are up. So that was that. There were two more things that I found, you know, one to be more embarrassing than the next, really. First was Spike Lee throwing a fit when Black Klansman didn't win Best Picture. I thought... 
here's a guy who is going to is going to put us through about a month of these horrible, unwatchable Capital One commercials with Barkley and Samuel L. Jackson. He actually tries to storm out of the room, all five foot three of them, whatever he is now. Okay, into the and they he gets to the back of the room. They're like, no, you can't leave. You can't open the doors. <laughs> you got to stay here. I've never heard of someone storming out because they didn't win. I know he'd been drinking, but that's not the point. I've not seen Black Klansman. I will. But this is what I'm talking about, guys. This is not what award shows are supposed to be about. This is turning into this is turning into just basically, you know, Jersey Shore with the behavior. I mean, it, it's, it's completely ridiculous. You have all these petty little little fights and these little alliances and someone doesn't get their way and they freak out. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that and the Serena Williams commercial, which let's face it, they were trying to piggyback off the Kaepernick commercial. Let me explain something to you guys very clearly. There are chair umpires who will not work her matches unless they're absolutely forced to, who have made it clear they want nothing to do with working her matches. Not all the other women, just her. You understand? Not, the, not, not, not even her sister. Not Madison Keys. Not Sloane Stevens. Serena. Just her. Not Kavitova. Serena. Not even Venus. Venus is fine. They don't want to work Serena's matches because Serena is a fucking nightmare. So what does Nike do? They said, well, listen, we made this absurd video about Kaepernick where we compared him to Jackie Robinson and everybody else. Let's go ahead and glorify Serena for being a complete train wreck on the tennis court. I mean, come on. You got Simone Biles flying through the air. How is Simone Biles comparable to Serena Williams? Simone Biles does nothing but smile and show class and grace. And, and now the only thing they have in common is they're both outstanding athletes. And in, and, and in the process of the commercial, Serena decides, hey, listen, why not just glorify myself while we're at it? And talks about how she has a kid and comes back for more and everything else. Give me a fucking break. If people are calling you unhinged or unstable, whatever words you were using in that commercial, it's because you've earned them. I thought that was, that was absolutely, I mean, in a night that was filled with lunacy, that just about took the cake. That was ridiculous. Speaking, speaking of lunacy, now, I'm a Rangers fan. It's not quite time for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, you understand that. It's time for March Madness. We'll get to the Stanley Cup playoffs in about a month or two. It's not really, listen, hockey is obviously a number four sport in this country, maybe even going number five to soccer. In New York, there are three teams. You got the Rangers and you got the Devils. What you say is not New York. Yeah, it's still, you know, it's, in the, in the, it's the same TV market. And then you got the Islanders, who, granted, have had their moments over the years. Last week, John Tavares comes back. Now, John Tavares was the guy that was supposed to you know, help bring this rebirth to, to the Islanders, who really don't have an official home. That's been going on for about five, six years now, right, guys? Yeah. Um, because they play in Nassau Coliseum, which was a complete dump. They were going to have a new facility out by um, the racetrack Belmont, at, at Belmont, I think. Belmont or Aqueduct, one of the two. That seems to have fallen through. But meanwhile, they refurbished the Nassau Coliseum, but they play most of their home games at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. That doesn't really work well if you live in Long Island. They're a mess. John Tavares leaves them last year, shocker, and decides he wants to go play in Toronto. Here is what one of the news channels in Long, in Long Island put together for John Tavares. Dear John Tavares. And with the first overall pick, the New York Islanders select... John Obviously, this is NFL, NH, NHL draft On night. June 26, 2009, you became a New York Islander. You were the answer to all our prayers. For nine years, you were part of the New York Islanders, and many of those years, you were the captain. By the way, people actually drove out to Nassau Coliseum to film these scenes. You can tell there's an empty parking lot there. So they actually had, this wasn't like on a game day where they got people spur of the moment. This was like a produced video. This was like a planned thing. 
We thought you were a class act, but looks like it was just all an act. Oh, no. Do you remember saying that you loved Long Island? Uh, I've always stayed at home and tried to love it here. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> saying how great players stay with their team their whole career? The reason I'm laughing is because this whole thing has such an ex-girlfriend feel to it. Like the jilted ex who tells you how great you are and tells everyone how you're like the best boyfriend ever, only to turn on you when you break up with her and tell her how you never did anything for her and all you did was, was hurt her. There's a girl in this video who basically is like the beginning and end, and her voice is quivering, and of, of all, she looks like a girl who's about the age. Not that you have to be that young to act like this as a woman. I, I know this for a fact, but I'm just saying... Is she is she kind of she kind of has the jilted ex. It looks like she just broke up with her boyfriend is what I'm trying to say. And how you wanted to do the same. This is uh, obviously where I, I hope to be. And uh, I've always stated that. Do you remember saying how you wanted to lift a Stanley Cup here in Nassau with the Islanders? Because I do. Captain John Tavares. <laughs> is now a Toronto Maple Leaf. Very fortunate to be here and happy to... Oh, my God, I can't. I can't do it anymore. You know, you have a reputation, first of all, for being a second, like a second tier. You have a, you have a reputation for being basically a... How can I put this? It just, you're, just, you're just not a big-time franchise. You're just not. And you have to understand, not everyone wants to play in Long Island and or Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn's okay. But you guys don't even, no one even knows exactly where you're going to be playing. Also, you have the lowest attendance in the league. How's that? You have the lowest home attendance in anyone in the NHL. Whose hearts you've broken. Oh, no. You went from being the captain. This guy looks like he's going to cry, too. The chosen one to a lying traitor. Ooh. Snake. Ooh. Jama boy. I'll never forgive you for those nine years. Okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Pajama boy. There's a picture. He posted a picture of himself as a kid with Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, sheets and everything else on his bed um, when he left for Toronto, basically telling everybody, hey, it's always been my dream to go there. Hey, he'll play in front of a packed house every night when he plays in Toronto, at least. That's how it is. The tickets are ridiculously expensive. They're into hockey. There's a lot of Islander fans that are into it also, but when this happens, see, here's my theory. Sometimes you separate from somebody and they could be like, you know, it could be like, you know, like I said, like a boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. It could be a divorce. It could be someone you were friends with. It could be a business partner. Sometimes what happens after you separate from the person tells you you made the right decision. And so do you really think that the way these people are acting and it got worse inside the arena? Do you think John Tavares really feels bad about it now? Or do you think he says, holy shit, thank God I got out of there? Why would I want to make those people happy? Sorry, guys. I mean, come on. People come, people go. It's professional sports. The idea, see, here's the thing. The idea that you're acting so bent out of shape that the guy's not there anymore should tell the, that's only going to tell the guy, hey, listen, I must be pretty special. So you know, you know what I mean? What are you bothering for? He's not coming back. What was the point of that? Oh, my God. Shame on News 12, by the way, too, for putting that together. That was terrible. Because the way they portrayed the, I mean, the girl, by the way, has got like her lips painted in blue and orange and she's wearing a jersey and stuff. I mean, come on, people. Please, grow up. You know, if you're going to make fun of LeBron, of, of, of Cleveland when LeBron leaves, how can I not make fun of that? They don't even know where the team, the team doesn't even know where they're going to be playing. It's probably going to be the Barclays Center now for the foreseeable future, but they don't even know exactly where they're going to be. So what do you expect him to do? Yeah, gee, why would he want to go to one of the original six teams in his hometown and play in front of all his family and everything? Yeah, who would possibly want to, yeah, by the way, for a boatload of money, probably more than the Islanders were going to give him. Gee, who could, who could imagine that? Um... A couple more things real quick. First of all, the Zion Williamson injury happened basically right after I recorded last time. I personally am tired of the debate about college athletes getting paid. I will say this, though. 
that injury was so scary and so ridiculous. That was so damaging to Nike. It could have been damaging to, to Zion. Thank God it wasn't. I could understand if the kid said, you know what? That's it. I'm out. I believe he has an insurance policy. I, I looked at it. He does have an insurance policy. I believe it's $30 million. If he falls below a certain point in the draft, I think, which is number 16, um, he would, be, he would get, be guaranteed a check from his insurance company. That's not going to happen. He's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's fine. Um, we'll see if he plays against Carolina this week. I would think he would try to get in there against Carolina, probably in a limited role, but he hasn't played since that incident. Nike took a complete beating, and rightfully so. There is no excuse for that. I don't care how big he is. I don't care how much he weighs. I don't care how, you know, I'm sure obviously he has very big feet. He probably wears like a size, you know, 16, 17, 18, something crazy like that. Maybe, maybe bigger. I know he weighs 285 pounds. This is information readily available to Nike. Matter of fact, the next day after that game, Coach K was in Oregon at Nike headquarters because they're, they're naming a building after him. They're naming some kind of fitness center or something after him. You have a partnership with that coach. You've got a partnership with that university. You've got all the information about all the athletes. So if all those stories about sweatshops in Thailand or Indonesia, wherever you make your shoes are true, you, better, you guys better get your act together because that was completely unacceptable. And I wouldn't blame Zion for saying, listen, I'm never, wearing, I'm never wearing a Nike again. I would not blame him at all. You expect that shit from Lonzo Ball's father. You expect, you expect that from the garbage that LeVar Ball has been trying to, to, to push out there for the last two, three years. From, but from Nike? What a disaster. Could have ended the kid's career. That was absolutely scary to see a guy going that fast and then change directions and then one of his legs is going the wrong way. Oh, my God. That was terrible. But just spare me the tired, the tired old conversation about the athletes getting paid. People, does it not occur to you? And I'm not defending these universities. you got three guys going to jail now for, for this Adidas scandal that just, um, just wrapped up yesterday. Okay, I'm not defending the coaches who are pimping these kids out. But do you not understand, at least to a point, that Duke University and ESPN and Nike are providing Zion Williamson with a, with a platform through which to market his skills? Like, if you have a problem with... Some people during the election said, well, Trump shouldn't have a platform. They stopped putting Trump on TV. Stop, stop. Why? Because putting him on TV lets him speak his mind and get his point out there and get his message out. So in the same sort of way, and you, there could be any politician you don't like. Some of you may like him. That, that's great. There, that's obviously what we have now. Some people really like him. Some people really don't like him. That's fine. Okay. If for an athlete, it's the same way. You get to get your skills out there by playing for these schools. And if you look at all the bullshit that's going on right now, Okay, look, at, look what's going on in Major League Baseball. All the guys who are unsigned, and now there's a new collective bargaining agreement that's going to have to come up in a couple years, and they're going to fight hard for player control, you know, uh, for, you know, earlier free agency, all this kind of stuff. Does anybody want to deal with this with college athletes when the kids are like 17, 18 years old? By the time you get done negotiating, the, the one season he's going to play in college is going to be done. And it's funny. After Zion almost goes down, all of a sudden the NBA says, maybe we should let these kids go ahead and play when they want to play. Oh, you think so? Give me a break. It's not the NCAA that's making the kids go to school for a year. Just remember that. That's a fact. Bryce Harper, uh, we'll get to it real quick, finally puts an end to all the madness. I per, I, I'll be honest with you. In this whole process, I lost a little bit of respect for Manny Machado. Not that I had a lot to begin with because he's, he's a fucking dirty player. And Bryce Harper isn't a dirty player. Bryce Harper, I think, plays quite hard. But Bryce Harper just comes across as a little baby. He really does. He could have signed for 10 years and $300 million in Washington. So now he goes for 330 and 13 years in Philadelphia. Huh. No opt-outs? What? It says he wants to be there for 13 years. You never know what's going to happen with these contract guys. I don't blame any team for not wanting to give 10 years, much less 13 years. You have no idea what's going to happen. You don't know what's happening on the field. You don't know what's happening off the field. 
you, you obviously I don't wish that on any of these guys whatsoever, but you get the point. And then snuck in there. It, it's interesting. Snuck into the Machado and Harper situation. Nolan Arenado signs this ridiculous deal with the Rockies, which is I think the most per year. And I say ridiculous. I don't mean that in a resentful way. I like Nolan Arenado, but let's face it, the numbers are inflated in Colorado. I don't have a I don't have a grudge or an axe to grind with Manny, Bryce, or Nolan. It, it's not that. It's just that these agents have the ability to pump these guys up and make them seem like they're so much more valuable than they are as players. Let's cut through all the, the nonsense here, guys. This is about merchandise sales and ticket sales. And so the middle of the road player, like Aaron Hicks for the Yankees, they just gave him a seven-year contract for $70 million. You know what? He's locking up $70 million. He doesn't know what's going to happen in the new CBA. You know what? Here's a guy who gets hurt. He's only played 100 games twice in his career. Hey, $70 million, 10 years. I think most of us would say that's a pretty good life. Maybe he cost himself some money. Maybe he did the smart thing because he's going to get hurt in two and a half years. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? You know, maybe a disgruntled Islanders fan is still thinking about John Tavares and runs Aaron Hicks over in two and a half years and he's, and he's maimed, but he still gets his contract. You know, he still gets his money. So it, my point is the middle of the road player seems to be waiting for the, for the money, but the big, big star... They're going for big balloons because the agents know deep down, they can talk about what a great player the guy is, but let's face it, it's about can they make money for that team? Because a guy like Bryce Harper, a guy like Nolan Arenado, and especially Manny Machado, the jersey sales are going to be through the roof. That matters. That, that, that's, that's a factor now. In today's day and age with all the digital, you know, all the data and everything else, everyone knows how much money these teams are making. And if you're a guy that's going to sell jerseys, like Aaron Hicks, there'll be Aaron Hicks jerseys, but not nearly as many as like Aaron Judge. That'll be a factor in a couple of years when the Yankees want to sign him, which is, which is, again, that's got a lot to do with why I thought the Yankees were wise to stay away from Machado and Harper. Because number one, they don't have the needs for either one of the positions those guys play. And number two, they've got guys they're going to have to sign, including Judge, including Sanchez, including Glaber Torres, and, and by the way, pitchers. You need somebody to pitch. I'm pretty sure. You, you probably should have some pitchers in a couple of years, right? So I thought the Yankees did a very good job staying away from those guys. But those guys will in some ways pay for themselves because of ticket sales and because of the jersey sales. And for that, the, the big-time player can go ahead and dream big because in the end, he actually is worth it. Believe it or not, he is. Like it or not, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, and the rest of them have, have every right to wait out the, for these huge contracts. And you know what? You have the right to say it's insane and both can be true. And that's all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at BC, a.k.a. The Man. And remember, you can get The Air Attack now on iTunes, on, on Spotify, on Spreaker, and, of course, on the Anchor app. Here's Chase Allen with See Amazing. I am BC, The Man. See you guys next week on The Air Attack.